Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And my very special guest is James Shramko of Superfast Business. Welcome, James. Thank you for having me, Scott. So I've listened to James' podcast for a very long time. And it's a real pleasure to have him on the podcast. And I like his podcast because he has just so many kind of different approaches to living, so many approaches, different approaches to business. And really kind of, I guess the way we describe it is the concept of personal effectiveness and how to be your best and how to live a life of your choosing. And so I want to have James on the podcast. Maybe you can start off by just kind of telling your story and and how you got to this place. Well, the short version is... I went from school to some study in accounting, didn't finish that. I got a bunch of other jobs, worked my way into uh, administration roles, then debt collection and sales, sales management, general management. And then by the end of my career, I was running a large Mercedes-Benz dealership here in Sydney. And I stepped away from that after I figured out how to build a website and uh, my own business, which was sort of predominantly selling things online as an affiliate took off and I never looked back and that was gee almost 10 years ago since then I've been helping other people figure out this online business stuff and what I found is a lot of the skills that I'd built as a general manager are applicable for smaller businesses trying to figure out how to bust out of their own job or if they already have their own business how they can be far more effective with that and I find the same things holding back people over and over again so that's where i've spent most of my time now is just focusing on giving solutions to people who are stuck and that coaching it's it's a business but i'm sure you it just makes your makes you so happy and and life is pretty good when you're bringing you know joy and choice and success to a lot of other people yeah it's almost a a byproduct my primary business was not coaching people for quite some time it was helping people buy software that would help them build a website then it was um, helping people with um, search engine optimization services especially e-commerce stores and software businesses and, and small agencies and some of our resellers were selling to enterprise companies really big brands top 100 companies and we did website development so I actually had my own businesses and in those businesses I was providing a service and I wasn't teaching anybody anything it's just that other people wanted to know how I did it how did how did I go from buying a domain name to doing seven figures in revenue and then selling it so I've sold that and now started another business that is completely separate from coaching the coaching is really just because people keep asking for help and I know how to help them so it it sort of became a natural thing and I've ended up with two groups now I've got a general coaching platform which is highly accessible and uh, really good value and then there's the very high level where I've got a smaller group of people who invest a lot more in themselves and those people in turn running seven and eight figure businesses and doing spectacularly well so this stuff now I've seen working across the board and it's kind of led me to the point where I'm now doing revenue share deals where I help people improve their business for a percentage of the upside. Wow. That's really smart actually. Cause that's, that allows you to have some real skin in the game and be really aligned with the person you're coaching. Like they only pay if things are really working with you. Exactly right. And so it only works if you know what you're doing and the person who I'm partnering with is 
getting all this positive upside. They don't have to split up shares or get messy with directorships and assets, etc. It's really just a very simple formula. It's the percentage of revenue on an amount over where they're at when they start. So for the right person, it's a great deal for them. And it's a great deal for me because, as you said, I'm fully aligned to improving them in any possible way. It's not, not just helping them build a funnel or introducing them to the right person or you know, helping them improve their mindset around business. It could be anything that I do that contributes to their success. I'm a stakeholder in that and they're a majority stakeholder in that. They get the lion's share of the upside and I just take a little bit from my efforts and I did learn about this sort of stuff from some of the people who I studied and then I got some great advice from them in person that sort of guided me down this path. Wow. Before, well, so before we get in the, in kind of your frameworks and advice is, I'm just kind of curious on the coaching stuff. Are these group sessions or are they individual coaching or, or how does it work? Well, I'm, I'm not a fan of one-to-one uh, as a strict business model because it's very unleveraged and I do hybrid programs. So there's group elements and there are also uh, some one-to-one elements. So it's, it gets that personalization and that customization, but it's also leveraged because a lot of the power in these groups is the peer-to-peer discussion. You know, if I've got 30 people, for example, in my very high-level program, and they're all really taking names and kicking butt, then they've got good ideas to exchange with each other, and it would be restricting their progress if I step in there and hog them to myself. <laughs> so they get a, they get one-to-one onboarding and they get one-to-one tune-ups. And they get group calls and group you know, asset exchanges where they're sharing SOPs and frameworks and techniques that work for them in a small environment. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, my mom actually owned a, a, her business for 25 years and the most she actually joined not you know a, a regional group you know something in in the San Francisco Bay area with a bunch of other entrepreneurs but she got so much value out of that group and i remember her coming home and constantly talking about it so i i'm a huge fan of these type of of coaching you know, networks where you can really learn not just from someone who's been there and done it like you, but also someone who's going through it at the same time, like a fellow entrepreneur. Well, I think there's huge value in looking outside yourself for inspiration and ideas and really just have to work from a return on investment formula. It's, it's really simple. If you invest X, will you get X back or even more than X back? And if you can, then it's okay to layer on several coaching groups or have access to multiple resources it's the same as you might read more than one business book there's no limit on how many you can have except for your personal capacity and that's where i've been really deeply refining processes is to allow us to be far more productive so that we can cover more area or have more impact and in some cases doing a lot less things but you need to know what the right things are and to know what the right things are, you have to have a buffet available to you in the first place. Yeah. And it's not all just about making more money. It's about maybe reducing your stress or getting into a new market or doing something like that. I mean, for some people they're make, they're doing fine financially, but they just have a hard time coping with the stress. And that's, that's super valuable as well. Well, there's, Uh, some ideas that past a certain point it's not going to really impact your life if if you had 
I think the number is something like $25 million that uh, Ricardo Semler talks about. But if you have $25 million, there's not much that you're going without. You can <laughs> still have a nice house, a nice car, a nice boat, travel around the world, eat in fine restaurants, have wonderful clothes, go to rock concerts, whatever you want. That that amount of money you can reinvest and, and earn a dividend from. So... After that, you know, what are you going to be happier with 100 million or 200 million? Or in some cases, you could have a perfectly good lifestyle of a few hundred thousand dollars a year. And uh, certainly, if you can generate a million dollars a year profit, you're going to have a substantially better lifestyle than someone who's earning $30,000 a year or, you know, just getting by on food stamps. So I think we can take responsibility for upgrading our lifestyle and I think we can be smart about what we do so that we can leverage our time because we all have the exact same amount of time resource available to us so it's really just a case of what are the things you're doing to get more bang for buck that's a great entree into kind of the way you think and things you've learned from your experiences I mean what I love about the way you approach this is it's all stuff you've done tried worked for you I mean how do you when you maybe and maybe the way to think about this is when you have a new student in your coaching program like how do you open up the program and how do you work with them and and what do you talk about the first thing I do is an analysis of what's going on like an audit as such so when someone comes on board, I ask them uh, to complete a survey. And this survey is fairly comprehensive and it goes into things that you might not expect on a, on a business-related thing. But I think what I'm offering is more than just business. It's how to better, have, have a better life in essence. So I'll be asking things like you know, how much stuff is piled up in their garage right now how up to date is their wardrobe (laughs) those are great questions though they give give me like kind of of telltales i ask them things like how much fun do they have and do they travel as much as they want are they getting enough sleep are they healthy Um, do they enjoy the work they're doing these things are deeper rooted than just money they often often you'll find a pattern where someone might be not in the greatest health. They might have uh, things in a bit of disarray. And all of this stuff accumulates into almost an immovable barrier to to moving forward successfully because until you deal with some of that, a lot of that is is deeply in the mind and it needs to be catharticized. I don't know if that's a word, but let's just run with that. You you know, I, I get in there and I start moving things around to free them up and they bump into similar things. In, in the beginning, we go from stuck slash overwhelm slash overloads slash stressed slash adrenal glands on fire to um, if you sort of fast forward a year later, often their biggest challenge is they're growing at a fast rate. They, they, they're having hiring or staffing challenges. They're having strategy challenges. Do they go in-house? Do they still use the external contractor? Uh, should they get a bigger office? You know, should they buy their competitor? These sort of things, different problems as you go up the revenue scale. And what I help people do is, you know, I encourage them to pick the point where they're going to be in their sweet spot. So for me, it's not actually... 10 million dollars a year in revenue because i don't want some of the things that that might involve such as 
uh, a physical office or having a, a lot of uh, sales reps and all these sort of things like I used to have when I was running a dealership. Mm -hmm. I like to sort of sit in my little sweet spot where I've got a surplus of income to what my living costs are. I feel that I've got legacy being created and I'm doing good work that I'm excited about and I get to surf every single day, which is the most important <laughs> thing for me. Every time I talk to you, you're talking about the surf. So it's, it's very true, folks. Um, you, made, you made a really good point about how people, you know, either their, their bedroom's cluttered or their wardrobe's cluttered or whatever it is. And it's that, I think that's a really great insight because, you know, I've even been in this position, like with Vanessa and I at Cruise Consulting in 2015, you said it, we were, our adrenal glands were on fire and we, I've totally been there. We're like every day you're putting out fires and it's really, really hard to get past putting out fires and building systems. And eventually I just, I'm lucky in that Vanessa is just fantastic at building systems and processes. And that's what pulled us out of being a three or four person company to being, you know, almost a 20 person company today. But not everyone has, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't have, but wouldn't have been able to do it myself. Vanessa's really the one who did that. It sounds like you're bringing, you're helping them kind of pull themselves out of that and helping them build those processes and systems. Definitely. Well, you know, system stands for saves you stress, time, energy, money. And if you want to think about it uh, in terms of railway tracks, what I'm helping them do is figure out what station they want to go to. Like, where are they now? Where do they want to go to? Will they be happy when they get there? Which is very important because you'll see a lot of entrepreneurs build something that they hate. Uh, for example, they'll quit their job and then they'll start their own business and now they're working twice as long for half the pay and they've got all this extra mm -hmm. stress, burden, their house is on the line in case they fail, their relationships uh, torn up and they're, they're starting to get unhealthy with their fitness and, and uh, they're drinking and they're putting on weight and they're eating poorly. And then they go and get an office and fill it with staff and what do you know, they've built exactly what they left. So we have to make sure the station that we're going to is going to be suitable. And then once we've figured that out, we just build the tracks between where we are and where we want to get to. And things that I do such as the weekly call and the diagnostic one-on-ones are tune-ups to say, are we still on track? And using techniques like uh, 12 weekly reporting periods, we can buffer ourselves from, from getting off track. So when opportunities present, a little um, bright, shiny object magnet that wants us to jump into the next thing that comes along is switched off. We're not, our magnet's turned off. There's no current running through it because we, do, we don't look at that until the end of the 12-week period. So we have a review point. We say, listen, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take this on board, but we'll stick it in the cargo carriage and we won't open it until we get to the station. And when we get to the station, we'll reassess. So it's having these little shields from the distractions that cause people to pretty much run through life in a trance and go from reaction to reaction. We want to stop that and we want to be more purposeful and we want to have a specific intent and we need to know exactly what the right things to be doing are and we need to reject the wrong things or at least delay them. 
put them to a, a review point. Yeah, I love that. And you, you mentioned the bright, shiny object. And that is, I used to work with a CEO named Benjamin Wayne at Callisto. And he always talked about that because we were, it's like startups and just people, creative people in general are always coming up with the new idea, the new coolest idea. It's that bright, shiny object that they want to chase. But in reality, you can't really do that. And I love that you're kind of putting some structure around people, especially with the diagnostic, you know, at the beginning and then the weekly check-ins because that keeping people and keeping yourself on track is really, really hard. But if you can do it, that's how you become successful. You know, just that kind of super focus and making sure you do a job well done before you move on to the next job. Well, you know, it's, and it's a process over time for example, it's like taking a rookie down to the bowling alley and then sticking up the bumper rails so they can't put the the ball into the alley. And if they keep practicing over time, they'll end up being able to hit the pins and they won't need the bumper up in the end. And then they become sort of more evolved. But by that stage, then I'm teaching them to bring in their own team and to start teaching them how to bowl with bumpers and then to remove those things. And then that goes those people start to bring in people and so forth so it's it's a process that is able to be accepted with a little bit of help in the beginning and of course it's scary and it's hard and if you if you are sticking the ball into the the gutter every time you go bowling you're going to give up so it makes sense to go and get help from someone who already knows how to do it and can give you that sort of confidence and reassurance and help you make good decisions so i'd say the the bulk of what I'm doing is being a, a guide or a sounding board and showing people a shorter path by eliminating all the, the obvious mistakes that obvious to me, but not to them that they're making. And sometimes they even know they're doing something, but they don't know how to correct it. That's an awesome point too. People people generally know, but they just don't know how to get out of the rut or how to how to do that. Now, just kind of getting a little deeper in the in your twelve week program, are you doing? Are you giving them exercises on how to break free or or how to? I conceptually understand like the process and how to get from on on the rails from one you know kind of point to the destination. But what are some of the things you help people with, like exercises or self evaluation? Like how do how do they actually get there? Well, the main sort of thing we're doing that first up front diagnostic is um, getting them to just spill their guts. I want I want the whole block of marble. <laughs> right? I, I want everything. I want to know all their available assets. I want to know what, what things they have in play, uh, what grand ideas they have, what their vision is. And then what we do is we chip it away. We find that statue of David inside the marble. And then once we've defined that statue, then we make that our focus. We stick up the bumper rails and we work on that for 12 weeks. And by the end of 12 weeks, with, with a weekly call and with uh, check-ins, in fact, they can even communicate with me on, on an app. So they're not far away. They've got me in their pocket. Then they have really no excuse for not getting some progress. Uh, and, and really the secret, if you want to boil that all down, it's a... They really only have one thing to do each week. If you only have one thing to do each week, then after 50 weeks, let's allow some time off for Christmas and a holiday. But after 50 weeks of just doing one thing, uh, you're getting somewhere. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What do you see? What are some of the, the responses or the feedback for you when they come out of that 12-week program? Well, it's it's not so much a 12-week program. It's an indefinite ongoing program oh, sorry. but we work in 12 week time periods we don't look at 
annual goals, which is a ridiculously long time, especially in your business. Uh, but 12 weeks is long enough to to commit to something and to see an end for it. So what sort of response? Uh, well, f- for most people, the very first thing they're interested in doing is getting a return on their investment. And for my mm-hmm. higher-level program, the investment is larger than my low-level program. But almost within one to three months, they'll already make back whatever they spent on the program. And by six months, they're seeing a massive gain. So within three months, which is that 12-week period, they've had a return on investment. And from then on, it's just cream and profit. They just get compounded results. And the, the exciting ones for me are a year or two down the track when we look back. Uh, I can cite numerous examples. Things like um, Kevin Rogers has a membership called Copy Chief. And that's a great example of changing the pricing and packaging of an industry where copywriters generally, uh, you know, they're, they're like tortured animals. They win a copywriting job, they s- sort of get all bent up, out of shape trying to write the sales copy and they have deadlines and they get stressed and neurotic and crazy and then they have to deliver the work, the customer argues with them about the stuff and then changes it and it may or may not work and they may or may not get a trailer commission and they may or may not get paid but they certainly usually only get paid once somewhere up front and sometimes a, a trailer if they're great. And then they have to, then they, it all starts again. Now they go on to their famine mm-hmm. mode where they're desperately scratching for the next customer now that they've got their, their desk is clear and they go and get another job. Or they get a couple at once and they got double stress. So this feast and famine can really wreak havoc with your ability to have relationships and to conduct stable uh, and sensible finances. So this industry is tough, but what, what we did together is I said, listen, Kevin, what you should do is create a, a membership community for copywriters. You be the, you be the leader of this community bring them all together and then pair it up with business owners who need copywriting but are having trouble dealing with these neurotic feast, famine, available, not available types. Like, <laughs> so we've created this community called Copy Chief and he brought together all the copywriters. He trains them. He teaches them how to do interviews. He teaches them how to do um, storytelling. He teaches them uh, formulas for developing sales hooks. So if you are a copywriter, you can learn your craft there and, and you pay a, a very small fee to get access to a high-level copywriter. But for Kevin, when he's got hundreds of copywriters paying a very small fee each month, that's a lot like a software-as-a-service business where you have a, a good user base, which is funding your business. Now, the great thing about his business is he doesn't really have software development costs. He's really only got a small fee to host the membership and he has an energy fee, of course, to turn up and to, to put that charisma into it. But it's very scalable and it doesn't really cost a lot more to provide the service to a thousand copywriters as it does for 500 copywriters. So the, the profit just stacks up and up. And then you can have related products or higher level services from that. But he's got this great community where business owners can get access to really well-priced copy or learn how to do it themselves and copywriters can get access to business owners who are looking for copywriters. So some of the very well-renowned 
sales letters that you've seen on the internet, uh, some of those have been incubated in Copy Chief. It's co- I actually was a member of Copy Chief, and I know Kevin. I worked with him at Clisto. He is a fantastic guy, and I didn't know you were actually helping him with that. I, I remember he when he started it probably a couple years ago, and it is such an awesome idea. And he, I, I think what I loved about that was he also kind of – he wasn't afraid to make himself like the industry expert and raise his hand and say, I'm going to do this and everyone can benefit. I'm going to, I'm going to create this community and it's going to create so much benefit for the, in- the community and the industry wide, because I was one of those people. I was a business person who just needed help with copy right. and it, it was, it was fantastic. Well, that started as a Skype call saying, James, <laughs> really? Give, That's give awesome. me some help. Like, what do I do? He just like, he's sick of doing the same thing. And he was scared and it was difficult. And there were phases where he felt like um, giving up on it or changing the pricing model. And we stuck through it. And as I was saying, the, the more developed version, like a few years down the track, you look back and think, well, that was a great idea. <laughs> and it's now other people are thinking they might want to do that sort of thing, but he's got legacy motiva- momentum and he's he's got that market clearly established. There are other examples too. I remember I used to deal with this young chap on the Warrior Forum who had some great looking graphic designs. A, a client of mine sent me some when I was selling this Excite Pro software as an affiliate and he said, can you can you make these templates for Excite Pro? And uh, so I got in touch with this young designer and I said, one of my clients wants me to convert these to Excite Pro. Is that okay with you? And he said, yeah, sure. I said, how about I'll, I'll split you 50-50 on whatever I sell? And he goes, that sounds great. And so I started this joint venture and we made lots of sales. And then I started going into the area where I'd sell websites to corporate clients and I went back to this designer and I said hey can you make me a website because I really suck at building websites and you're a great designer and he said sure I'll do it so he built me websites for five hundred dollars and and uh and then I said listen we need to pay you a little more I was able to sell these for a lot more so I (laughs) started paying more he couldn't really believe it because he's selling these templates for $17 and then this guy in Australia's wanting to send him $500 he's like 21 or 20 years old so this was a lot of money for him and then I said to him listen a lot of people who have got uh, websites and needing better design what you should do is build in all these designs all these templates and graphics into the software so like build it into WordPress and the end result of that was called Optimize Press. And so James Dyson made his first million dollars with his software as a service within 12 months. And he was my first million dollar student. And this was quite some time ago now. But it's just repackaging an idea that is sold ad hoc or via templates and building it into a very easy to use platform. And he's had a great run with that software. And... You know, there's, there's more and more examples of this where these students over time, they're just creating these amazing things by challenging the way that things are sold, but also they're thinking about it differently and um, they, get, they do succumb to the same hang-ups, like where do I spend my time, what's going to have the highest impact, how do I free up my routine to 
focus on the things that are important and and also in a very similar related thing to both of these topics of personal effectiveness and pricing and packaging is you're going to need a team and I think that is been my sort of special skill that I pass on to these people is how to build a team and step out of being in the fire pit you know and they're, they're one layer back now and life's a lot easier one layer back mm-hmm. you you made so many great points there the the first one just to reiterate both examples were people effectively like productizing their knowledge or productizing their expertise and like with with kevin and the copy chief community and the the optimized wordpress stuff it's it's they basically took something they were doing and and like you said you know they built a business around it instead of just doing one-offs or being mom and pop and always having to chase the next sale so i i really love that and i can really relate to that with cruise consulting because vanessa like that's how she started but again she was able to systemize the systematize things and it makes all the difference in the world And, and now we have 18 people working here and it's Life is still tough and stressful, and but it's it's a lot more fun, and it's a lot more rewarding. And and like you said, we're we're leaving a little bit of a legacy where we're helping all these startups instead of just helping five or ten and struggling to get by. So, so that approach of productizing what you're doing makes so much sense to me. The other thing I I when you were talking, I remembered from from just talking to Kevin around that time when he was doing Copy Chief, he was always struggling with his personal opportunity cost. And what he could be making kind of as a fee in the time he was spending on copy chief. Do you, do you, do you remember talking to him about that stuff and maybe some of the wisdom you gave him? Oh yeah. I've talked to him about that sort of stuff many times. See a lot of things, especially like software as a service or a membership, they start off a little smaller. They're really just like, like I bought this house once that had just grass in the backyard, like nothing, no vegetation. And we had this big house behind us that would look down into our backyard. So I basically dug up uh, three or four foot from the fence all the way around like a U-shape, this backyard. And then I put in gravel and agricultural pipe and then filled the topsoil. And then I went and bought plants for like three or $4,000 and hired a, a guy to help me put them in the ground. But they were only small because... If you buy mature plants, they might have cost me thirty thousand dollars. So, put they were only a foot foot tall, some of them, or two feet tall. And I just saw a picture of this house last week. And now this is probably fifteen years ago. I did this, but I just saw a picture when it was being sold again. And these trees, they're blocking the whole view from the house behind. Like they're twenty feet tall now, and that's really what you have to have that in mind like what is this plant going to be like in a few years from now what is this membership or this software as a service going to look like not now but in a year from now or two years from now so the thing that i say to kevin and i just mentioned this to him on a recent podcast episode is celebrate the tyranny like celebrate the difficulty of how hard it is in the beginning because that's what keeps your competitors away. The, the other 50 copywriters who are looking at what you're doing thinking, I'll just set up a membership, they're not going to be able to get through that phase. They won't be able to crawl over the broken glass to get to the other side. Just stick through it. As long as you have confidence that it's the right business model, that you're really cl- clear on what it's going to look like in the future and 
that confidence can come from having done it multiple times. It can have, it can come from having access to good data. It can hum, uh, come from having early validation that you have a reasonable faith in. Um, I'm not talking about blind faith. I'm not talking about if you're in the desert and you're walking away from the watering hole. You could walk as far as you want. You're still not going to get a drink. But if you're pretty certain the right direction and you've seen evidence that it that it could pan out and you have someone helping you, you can get through it. So yeah, we overcame that resistance by thinking about... We actually set up a filter. I'll tell you what that filter is. I'm sure Kevin wouldn't mind me sharing this. But it was... Uh, simply, does this serve Copy Chief? That's the filter. So for anything he does, we ask, does it serve Copy Chief? Even his comedy gigs that he does, it's building an audience that uh, help him with his marketing and his brand. He's being more Kevin. He's being himself. And people are resonating with that. They Thousands of people watch his car videos now because he's funny and entertaining. And... If you look at Kevin in 2017, you'll see the result of years worth of tuning and overcoming that resistance. And in some ways, I think it would be much harder for a copywriter to to change their you know change their stripes than a regular business person because copywriters are extra emotional. They've got an extra clicky community or group of people who have done things a certain way for so long and a lot of their material is rooted in the direct response world which was pre-internet and old school if you want to come up with a word i think your advice that that analogy you had about your house and planting this the the trees is so perfect because that's really how it works like you have to be patient and let it build and you're so right about how your competitors have a hard time pushing through those really tough points. I couldn't agree with what you're saying anymore. And on that subject, there's one other thing, which is if a lot of your businesses have been on the internet, if you're building, if you're building that community on the internet or that business on the internet, it compounds a lot even faster because the one thing the internet's really good at is when someone's onto something, it makes it really easy for others to find them. And, you know, copy chief, a community that for copywriters, that's that's one Google search away, you know. And and James, you might not know this about me, but I built along with my my co-founder and a bunch of volunteers an internet community called Ben's Friends that provides patient support for people with rare diseases, and we're one of the largest in the world. And that started with Ben and I, you know, starting one community and greeting people, each person that joined, and now we have hundreds of thousands of people come to those communities every month. So it can really happen and on the internet. The internet's just amazing because it happens even faster. It's way better than doing it on a in a in a kind of physical retail or physical business. Well, I just love the fact that you can be in whatever country as long as you have access to the internet. You can do podcasts in your underpants if you feel like it, and and it is it, it has opened up opportunities. You know, when I go through my family diaries i found some fantastic diaries from my great grandfather who was a very unconventional guy he actually was a co-founder of the sydney stock exchange we're talking about a hundred wow. hundred years ago but he had wow. gold and silver mines all around the world so he would write in his diary the his travel notes his inventory of uh, shirts paper collars and he would go for months on boats he'd visit japan and russia and africa and he was originally from England and he ended up in Australia and he would buy a, 
gold mine in in Russia and then go to America and sell it. So he was like a buy, sell, arbitrage guy. But he was basically the closest to what I do for a living now, which is geo-arbitrage, you know, traveling the world, cross-pollinating ideas between markets. It's just that it's so much easier with the internet than doing it the old way. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I really probably couldn't have done this job 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's also, you, you made the point earlier about how important building a team is and the internet really makes that across, you know, across different countries, across different time zones and makes it so much easier to do. It does. It opens up your available catchment and it also yeah. helps you find um, good pockets of labor that have unique properties. For example, pretty much all of my team, most of them are in the Philippines and it's got a unique combination of great labor rates and they have incredible English thanks to the USA. So they're, they're an anomaly in that region and they've, they've got a, a wonderful family culture as well, really loyal and, and smart, well-educated. So, you know, you, you couldn't really open those things up before and we've seen it with manufacturing we saw japan do this with cameras and them with shoes and and cars they just dominate the u.s market by having great manufacturing and and getting to the market at a more effective construction rate etc and you know most of us have an iphone or clothing that wasn't made in our own country so it's a thing you know it's a thing and the internet helps you take advantage of that so it could be a positive and a negative other things like social media and the instant availability of all kinds of uh, television and distractions can really wreak havoc with you and it's changing the way people communicate i've certainly noticed that with my own kids that they've grown up with phones whereas i didn't i'm probably the last generation who would be out riding their bmx bike until the street lights come on with no helmet <laughs> i'm the you same know, and, i'm the same and i know what it's like to be away from my phone for a while i can do that because i i experienced that at some point in my life but the next generations that they haven't really experienced that so they're they're quite different they have uh different requirements so i noticed with some of the young entrepreneurs that they can be particularly unfocused. So some of them on the first call that I do with them, I'm hearing alerts and pings and dings and what have you. I'm like, what is that? And I remember one of my great students, uh, he said, oh, this is my phone. I said, you've got to turn all that stuff off. Like, mm-hmm, you go to mm-hmm. it, don't let it come to you. Yep. And he has become a model of discipline for his generation. He's cranked over his first seven-figure year last year. And... He's going to go a lot further than that, but he's a young guy really kicking butt because he's getting some old school discipline about it. I love it. Well, let's let's wrap it up. And if you can kind of summarize some of the key points in the personal effectiveness, and then also, I I just really recommend James's podcast, uh, Super Fast Business Podcast. You can find it in iTunes. I listen to it all the time, so please check that out at Super Fast Business. But maybe James, you can kind of summarize the key points, and then if people are interested, I mean, you're coaching. Having listened to your podcast for a long time, I know your coaching uh, program would be really successful. Oh, thank you. Uh, look, the key points, Scott, uh, just make a decision about what you actually 
want? Like, how do you want to live? And if you're not happy with what you've got cooking right now, you don't have to deal with that. More than likely, you can make a change. And I know that someone might listen to this and think, well, it's all right for you. You know, you've got it all sorted out. But I certainly wasn't like that. If you go back 10 years ago, I had a job. I had a mortgage. I had kids. I My job was a high-pressure job too. Like, if you want to wheel out excuses... I had uh, four kids to provide for at an expensive cost of living in Sydney and my job was sucking up you know, 60 hours a week. I was a general manager. I had 70-something staff underneath me that I was responsible for in this $50 million a year revenue business. And I still managed to scrape together my home business on the side. It was not easy and... The real purpose between you know behind what I do now is to help people not have to make it so hard on themselves. So things like building a team were the breakthroughs for me. So the the big takeaways are decide what you want, set up a a twelve weekly goal, and put up those rails so that you avoid all the distractions, and work on the right things that are going to have the most impact which means maybe cutting out some of the things that you are doing. Do a task analysis on yourself. What things are you doing? What could you stop doing? What could you give to someone else? What, what could you automate? And set a review point in your calendar now for 12 weeks so that you can pop up and say, well, what, what did I achieve in the last 12 weeks? I would just focus on one thing per week. Give yourself a simple, unavoidable goal. Like you can't hide from one thing. It's either... You did it or you didn't do it. You know, to what degree did you do it? Zero or 10% or 50%. But even 10% on one thing each week is better than zero uh, movement somewhere. So that's what I do. If you want to get some help with that, of course, Superfast Business has a great membership and I do get personally involved in your success. So I appreciate you having me on the show, Scott. Oh, my pleasure. And I hope we'll do it again another time. And again, I can't recommend uh, Superfast Business enough. It's a fantastic podcast. And I uh, encourage you to check out James Coaching. All right, buddy. Thanks for being on the podcast. And we'll catch you in a few months. Thanks, Scott. All right, buddy. Take care. 